Welcome back to You at Home. This is In the Car Part 2, and this episode is a little bit different. I didn't have one specific story in mind when I started this. I interviewed someone that I had never met before, and I asked her about some of the objects that are meaningful in her life. It was a bit of an adventure, and I learned a lot. Like, how can a physical object reflect our inner state of mind? And lots more. So buckle up, car pun, and join me on this adventure. You are listening to You at Home, a podcast about people and their belongings. I'm your host, Hannah Smith, and I want to know about your stuff. Uh, My name is Jessica Monty. First and foremost, I'm a mom. I'm a mom. I'm a a chef. I connected with Jessica, or Jess, through a mutual friend online. And then I drove to meet her at her home in Topanga Canyon, which is just west of L.A. in the beautiful Santa Monica Mountains. I arrived a bit early, and she texted me to let myself in and make myself at home. Instead, I wandered around her garden and patio. And then in a couple of minutes, she showed up, jumping out of her car in full wetsuit, surfboard in tow. Space is awesome, and I'm super grateful to live here in Topanga Canyon. Jess is a chef, but she also offers holistic health counseling, nutritional consulting, and private cooking instruction. She hosted a dinner party at her home the night before, but you wouldn't know that from how spotless it looks. She does all of this and is also a mother to two boys. Needless to say, she has a full busy life, but she still finds time to go surfing almost every day. Yeah, I work hard. We have a lot of energy. Like, I really don't need this coffee. I just like this coffee. <laughs> like, Her house, like her personality, is welcoming, open, and full of life and character. With antique furniture pieces, bright pops of color, and lots of plants. What do you think builds a sense of home? The, the, the first thing that came to my mind is, like, what I travel with. I think if I burn something, it makes me feel at home. So I travel with incense. I would say plants in my kitchen. I have a a very specific aesthetic in my home. It's very eclectic and bohemian and colorful. And then, you know, the food is my taste and like what satisfies me and also nourishes and stimulates the people that are my guests, my family. One of the things that first intrigued me about Jess is her self-assigned title of crazy plant lady. I asked her to clue me into what that means exactly. I think maybe one of the key factors that turns like plant lady to crazy plant lady would be uh, I just have like not much self-control when I go to like a really amazing nursery. (laughs) So I like no more room. But, like, if I find something I, I really want and needs to live with me, I'll, I'll figure it out. Like, it's not another windowsill. There's not another, mm-hmm. but I'll make it work. I'll I'll throw down the, bu- the bucks for a plant, many of them, even when I shouldn't. This is a, a ficus, but people often call it a fig. And so I've had this over 10 years. That's a staghorn. I have a really big one in the other room. Jess moved from New York to California a few years ago, and when she was preparing to move, she had to figure out how to transport all of her plants. 
moving company came over to give me an estimate and they're like, well, we're not going to move your plants. They can't be transferred to California. It's against the law. I'm like, what? The moving company cited an agricultural ordinance that prevented them from moving her plants across the state line of California. I'm like, okay, that's it. Done. I'm driving with my U-Haul. Jess had a car mover behind the U-Haul with her car packed to the brim with plants. She had the windows rolled down so they could have air and so she could water them during the cross-country journey. So I had this epic adventure by myself and I was recently divorced. It was like this whole like pilgrimage to California, right? I get to California and ah, there is an agricultural stop, like a border crossing customs and you would think I was transporting cocaine because I was panicking like my stomach was in knots I'm like what am I gonna do I have to give up my plans so ma'am please exit vehicle come outside and open the back of your u-haul like go and I like open the back of the u-haul I'm like please don't look at plants he's like ma'am what is in the car I'm like plants uh what kind of plants and I'm like looking at him I'm like you can tell, like, I'm, like, about to cry. I'm like, a ficus. And he's like, okay, you're free to go. She isn't sure why the customs agent let her take her plants into California. She does think it's possible that he knew she was a crazy plant lady and he didn't want to mess with her plants. I just met Jess, but I can tell that she has a magical green thumb, so I think it's a solid theory. So they're all really special. I actually only lost one plant on the move, my maiden hair fern. I mean, I had one of these and yeah. it died with it, like yeah. instantly. You have to have a certain kind of light and they need to be fed and watered every three days, like no, no way around it. Jess attributes her love of plants to her grandmother. She just always had plants and was always caring for them. There was often plants and always a canary. And it was just a lifestyle thing, just the environment being really important. And She looks around her living room and says that her grandmother has influenced so much of her life, including her aesthetic. The, my house is, the way you see it, is very similar, actually, to her house. I mean, my grandmother has been one of my, my greatest influence of my life, period, in many ways. My profession, the way I mother my children, not only how I work, but how I treat people. I think that that was probably one of the greatest gifts that she gave my family was that, you know, they treat the valet parker as kind as they would the president. We're all people and working hard and trying our best. And it's that ethic. She um, was a pretty intelligent, courageous woman, badass. She came from Cuba to New York City by herself and met my her husband my grandfather and she moved to this country didn't speak the language you know she ended up cleaning houses and was a waitress and by the looks of her you would never think that it was like a at all a profession that she wasn't proud of it she was very very proud of it and took great pride in taking care of other people that was her thing after a while we took a lunch break We talked while Jess cooked lentils topped with pickled jalapenos. She shares many of the qualities that she praises her grandmother for. She is a generous and enthusiastic host, a master at creating an environment that feels good. She is eager to give me her pickling recipe 
as well as tips for the best antiquing spots in the valley. I feel at home, and like this stranger is becoming my friend. After lunch, we dive into the main reason I contacted her in the first place. I first met Jess through a mutual friend online when I was searching for people to interview. She told me about a home away from home on wheels, a VW Westphalia camper van. I've been a closet Westie looker-upper for years. Like I've always um, loved them and would you know look every once in a while, peruse on eBay or Craigslist. But I think the pivotal moment was when I got to get in one, like a, the, the year zone that I wanted. The 1984 to 87, um, and I wanted the van again with the camper inside. So it pops up and it has a kitchen. I wanted those details. Back when Jess lived in New York, a friend of her ex-husband's with a Westphalia camper van came to visit them for a few days. And this was the first time she actually got to get inside of a van that was just like the one she'd been dreaming of owning. I got to get in it and I got to see it. And I was like, oh, that's it. I'm done. I'm going to get one one day. I tried to convince my ex that summer to buy one. And he, he, he didn't want to get it. It wasn't big enough or whatever it was for him. But um, the catalyst really was um, my divorce. I think that was the significant that was what got me to get the van. I realized I got became frustrated and very fearful when I um, got a divorce because I'm like, okay, here I am, a single mom with two boys, and it's hard to go camping. It's hard to take your kids on an adventure. It's a mission. Like I realized all of a sudden without my partner that I was limited or felt like I wasn't powerful enough to do these amazing things for my with my kids. And I saw the van as a potential to be able to explore and show them another side of adventure. Jess saw the camper van as an adventure mobile that came with fold-out beds, a stove, wheels, a safe place to sleep at night. She was convinced that this was the ticket to being able to explore the great outdoors with her sons. So what happened was, you know, my ex is in the entertainment business. I really don't have a schedule of when he's going to be around, but the kids are with me predominantly. And I had my eye on this yoga retreat experience and it was in California and I really wanted to go and I let him know and he couldn't commit to it to help me with the boys to watch the kids. And of course, a week before the retreat, he's like, okay, I'm going to be around. You could go. So when I called them, they're like, I'm sorry, we're booked, but you're welcome to stay on like a day pass, but you have to find your own accommodations. And it took one second. The van. I get, I'll get the van. I'll buy the van. I'll buy it in California. And that's what's going to happen. I mean, no joke. I swear to you, I had one week. Jess was still living in New York, and the yoga retreat was in Calistoga, California. Her plan was to find a van online, purchase it from New York, then fly to L.A., pick up the van, and drive it the seven hours north up to Calistoga. I find the van. I find it on eBay. I bid on eBay. I lost the bid on eBay. I contacted the owner, and then I did a deal with them over the phone and wired the dude that I didn't know money. <laughs> like, great, great style. 
It was exactly what I wanted. Yeah, it was, it was pretty meant to be. When you actually saw the van, how, do, how was that? How did that feel? Perfect. Uh, I guess I was a little nervous because I didn't know how to drive stick shift. Once she realized she was buying the van, she had very little time to learn to drive stick shift. She found a truck driving school in New Jersey and she convinced the instructor to give her a lesson in the parking lot in his Toyota Corolla. He taught me like in one hour, like what I would think I need to know, but Volkswagens are, that are very old are very different from a modern stick shift. So I guess the biggest thing was I was nervous. I was nervous to drive this vehicle like, and that it would actually drive. You know, it was in really good condition, this van, but it's been sitting for a long time. So when uh, these kind of vehicles are just sitting there, things get out of, you know, they just get, they just don't work great. Jess drove the van from Los Angeles, 450 miles north to Calistoga, learning to drive stick as she went and constantly on the verge of a breakdown. I had a a gasoline leak, so the big problem was I just had to keep pumping gas. Got that fixed when I went to Calistoga. I actually broke down right in front of the retreat. I'm literally 10 minutes away. It's night, I'm like gonna make it just in time, and I break down on this hill in this rainstorm, and I had to get towed out. Luckily, the people at the retreat, someone canceled, and I was actually able to stay there while the van was at the doctor's because I had to drive it back to New York City a week later. It was pretty, pretty epic. Had you ever done anything like that before? Wild and crazy? Well, (laughs) (laughs) girl, lots of that. Okay. After the retreat, she drove the van back to New York, where she was living at the time. And the van broke down a few more times, and she kept fixing it as she went. It was powerful. Like, I haven't really thought about it a lot since, you know, and now that we're talking about it, in retrospect, it was awesome because I needed to break down and like, oh, and fix it, and it can be fixed. And that's what was going on in my in my heart and in my consciousness at the same time. I didn't really make that connection, but like it taught me like courage, that whole experience. Just be like, just go, just charge, just just keep going. And then you'll stop and you'll break and you'll fix. And then you just do it again. And then you'll have a new direction and you'll have a new experience. you said that about how I mean I just love the analogy of getting the van being able allowing yourself to break down and also like going through a divorce at that time and I'm sure needing some type of breakdown it's a process you know going through something like that like it's been a process. I definitely didn't make that connection till now. Now, because it's been it's been four years, so I'm now I'm looking back and reflecting. I could see that that was like that van was a physical manifestation of what I was experiencing inside as well. So it's it's work in progress. It still breaks down. Like it's still unreliable. Like life is, and you just fix it, and it's different and it makes another sound or it's runs smooth for miles and you just don't know. Bestie the Westie. And where where are we sitting? 
We're sitting in my van, my home on wheels, a Volkswagen 1985 Westfalia Vanagon with the pop top. Here, I'll pop it. Whoa. So, we have ventilation <laughs> over here. And then this folds out to be a full-size bed. And then this is a full-size bed. So typically, um, the boys sleep up here and I sleep down here. And it's rigged, ready to go. Because everything's in here. Like, the refrigerator doubles as my toiletry. Got Everything it. you could need is already here. And then I have, this is a little stove. And it works? Yeah. And I have propane underneath it. So... Must have coffee and yerba mate tea. Yep. So what is, what is the being in this van, owning this van, how does it make you feel? Free. Free. Yeah. I have freedom. Like I could gorilla camp, which I like to do, and I could just go. Meaning, what does that mean, gorilla? Gorilla camp? camp means I could just park my van anywhere I want and sleep in it, and yeah. no one needs to know that I'm there. I and I've done it before. Uh, lots. No, I, I, I like that freedom of being able to just go and like I said, um, instilling in my children that sense of adventure and just be like, we could just go. We could just do anything. We could change our scene. We can just be in nature and we can just be simple and not need much but each other. There is a, a smell to the van that is uh, pretty awesome when I don't go in it for a little while because it's still always there and I remember, oh God, that smell from the first day I moved, no, moved into it. I love the steering wheel. It's like the sexiest thing in the van. It's just like this old, it kind of reminds me, I don't know why, of my grandmother. Like it just hit me like why, why I like it. It reminds me of her Celica, um, her Toyota Celica. She had one of those amazing, I don't even know what year it is, Toyota Celicas. And the steering wheel reminds me of it because it's that age. Yeah, it's got that like really vintagey, like throwback vibe to it. Sitting in the van with Jess, I look around. What once was just a van has transformed into this symbol for freedom, adventure, and courage. And I can't help but think about how objects can be so powerful, but only because of the power we give them, the power that generates from ourselves. And from someone like Jess, who takes life by the horns and just lives it. Jess sent me a photo of her and her sons on a recent camping trip they took with Bestie. You can find it on our Instagram or Twitter at youathomepod. You can also connect with Jess at jessicamonte.com. Thank you so much for listening. And if you want to email me, please do. My email is youathomepodcast, all spelled out, at gmail. Until next time.